0: All right, Darren Smith, what's coming up on Episode 8 of the
1: Always Loyal Podcast? She's one of our own. She's one of our own. Oh, Shannon McMillan. She's She's one one of our our own. own. That's right. Hall of Fame, human being, soccer Hall of Famer, gold medalist, World Cup winner, Shannon McMillan joins us.
2: Hi, this is Jonah Eldridge here and Tony Camberos, and we're account
0: executives here at the San Diego Loyal. Come check us out on game day and ask for us at the info booth. We'll get you set up with the best seats for the best value. Go Loyal. Darren absolutely surprised me there. I was not expecting to sing to start this episode, but hey, we're not even the first people to sing on the pod. Landon Donovan was singing not too long ago, if I remember correctly. That was way back when on episode six. But yes, singing to start. Welcome into the Always Loyal podcast. Hello, Darren.
1: Hello, Jordan. I'm in a singing mood. What can I say? It's been a terrific start to the season. Third season club history, 2022 Torero stadium sounds fantastic. I'm envious of the locals of Chavos de Loyal. So I wanted to get in and on the act, sing a little bit here on the always loyal podcast An undefeated start to the season. will do that, especially given a couple of things, right? Like two matches out of 34. Hey, tap the brakes. But we'll look at the standings a little later on in the podcast. But given the way 2021 started with four straight away losses, given the way 2021 ended with two points out of a potential 12, I think getting back into the win column is actually psychologically pretty important here to start 2022.
0: I agree. I love, 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 love the start from San Diego Loyal. I had this conversation with a few people at Torero on Saturday night. In some form or fashion, this is how the conversation went. I don't want to get ahead of myself, but this looks like the best squad Loyal have put on the field yet. It's way too early to make that kind of declaration. Way too early. We've seen two matches. We haven't even seen this full squad yet. We saw Stoneman go down with an injury. That's not good news. But I still feel kind of comfortable dipping my, uh, my toe into that water And that's how the conversation went at Terraro with a few fans and no one pushed back. No one has pushed back right or wrong. I don't know. This just feels like the best squad we've seen yet. And they're off to the best start we've ever seen in club history. Technically.
1: Yeah. I mean, slow start and really slow finish. Now you can get over slow starts as we saw last season, starting uh, with zero points in your first four matches, even given the conditions and the circumstances of Phoenix, RGV, Tacoma, Low City. There's a lot of travel going on there. Not even the roster yet complete. So there's still plenty of time. And, and think about it. Loyal did a terrific job of bouncing back, rebounding, putting themselves in a playoff position. But they played so well that they put themselves in a position where it wasn't just about going to the postseason. It was about hosting a postseason game. And then what happened? It's sitting pretty. It's October 9th. It's the birthday for one of your faithful podcast hosts here. We won't mention which one. But then five straight to end the season without a win. So I, I do. I think you had to open up the window. You had to clear the air a little bit. You know that that idea of hosting a playoff game was was really exciting to think about. And whether there was carryover for the way the regular season ended into the postseason, we'll never know. That's for Landon to decide. That's for Nate Miller. That's for those guys to figure out. But I, I do. I think when you're talking about this and you're talking it up as being the best season in club history, which we realize. It's sort of a silly phrase, right, since it's only the third season. I think getting off to a good start by comparison to how it fi- started and finished uh, is very, very welcome news, and it certainly is catching the eye of the league itself. We're going to get to the standings, but to start, and by the time people listen to this, who knows what will happen in Tulsa, who knows what will happen in Phoenix, but uh, to start the way it started after the way it ended, I think, just, it ah, it, it, uh, okay, I can breathe a little bit. There's not going to be that type of hangover carryover from last season. The reason I
0: kind of feel comfortable saying the roster might be the best roster yet for San Diego is they look to be really, really good and improved in really important areas. Maybe improved doesn't apply to the goalkeeping position, but I don't Vegas looks really, really good. Um, And I don't expect that to really change the rest of the year. Like he's that kind of just seems to be who he is. And if he's already playing like that, uh, two matches in, I think that's really good news because sometimes it just takes some time for new goalies to come in and build relationships with everyone on the team and making sure the communication is where it needs to be. He seems to be off to a great start and getting recognition for playing really well. Uh, I think Vissel playing up front is unlike any striker that loyal have had yet. Like He seems to play differently than anyone we've seen so far for Loyal. The, the luxury of having several guys, and Landon has talked about this, Nate Miller talked about it to us as well, having several guys coming back for what is now their third season and used to the system. They know what to do, and the coaching staff knows what to expect with a lot of these guys. It's just a really good recipe, and maybe maybe we're getting ahead of ourselves and maybe things change, but it it, just, it seems like they have set themselves up to have their best squad yet and the early returns have been nice
1: yeah I would agree with that and, and like you said maybe getting ahead of ourselves which you can accuse us of here on the, the always loyal podcast uh, Landon Donovan guest on radio didn't seem too thrilled with performance against Sacramento Republic now it was a rare match where Sacramento actually had more possession than loyal Landon felt like his team his squad got got pinned down way too much you mentioned Coke Vegas. Thank you for clearing that up. I thought you meant Las Vegas lights there for a second, but Coke Vegas. Now the oh. goalkeeper for loyal. Um, he was terrific. He had six saves. I thought he really, he showed out, but uh, Landon was not too thrilled. And I think, Hey, off to a good start. That sounds like coaching to me. I think that there were some areas uh, getting outshot by Sacramento outshot shots on target outpossessed. You know, those aren't the, the kind of ways that we expect, San Diego loyal to succeed. At least not it's not the way the coaches want it, but they got the results. And I think ultimately that's the most important part of it.
0: And that's fair. And that's also a different conversation because there Landon is talking about how the team is playing in the second match. The team is going to be playing much differently in match day 20 than it is here. we in one and two. So I just feel like they're set up to be the best team yet. I'm not saying they're there already, but it, it's pretty clear that this team is in a really good position and Things happen throughout the year. It's a long year. We've seen injuries. We've seen a lot of things happen throughout the year. Fortunately, San Diego doesn't seem to be relying on a bunch of players that could potentially get pulled away from the roster at any time for any MLS reason. So they seem to be in control, and it's a good start. So, so I that's, like a great,
1: that's a great. That's a that point right there. I love too. There, there is no Jack Mayer going back to Nashville. Yeah. There is, uh, you know, there there is nobody going back to Columbus here. You know, uh, um, in Barry Miguel Barry. And, and the new players, as we'll talk about with Shannon McMillan coming up next, talk about, you know, even a Camden Riley having to come in in substitute eight minutes into the match for Stoneman. How about Kyle Adams, man of the match? How about the two man of the match performances that we've seen from two newcomers making not the debut for Adams. He came in as a 97th minute sub in the opener against LA two, But think about a couple of men of the match there that we've seen. Tomas Among, who joined us last week, Kyle Adams, Think about what you've seen from Nick moon. So yeah. You, you, and you mentioned it with Kyle Vassell. He's built different. He looks different. I'm sure Shannon Mac will have some thoughts on that.
0: Yeah. He also seems to play different and we haven't even seen him score yet. And we know that's going to come. So imagine what this team looks like when he's actually scoring as well. All right, let's get to the reason we are here for episode eight of the always loyal podcast. Shannon McMillan joins us coming up next.
2: This is Shannon McMillan, Vice President of Community Relations with San Diego Loyal, and I have the honor of having Nutmeg Darren Smith. You're listening to the Always Loyal Podcast. Enjoy.
1: Shannon McMillan, welcome to the Always Loyal Podcast. How much do you miss Jack Cronin?
2: Immensely. I miss my guy. I had to deliver water to him just to get some FaceTime.
1: <laughs> I could tell. Uh, that was an amazing bond that we got to witness for the first couple of years. Thank you for joining us, Vice President... Of community relations it says in a press release promoted to that position how's that going uh, we we got to know you in so many different capacities how's it going now as we're into the first season of you working in community relations and what does that term mean
2: uh it, it's been exciting to be honest and it's just a nod to our owner andrew ricardo as president and landon and just the commitment that they want to make within the community so um, as you guys both know i've kind of been evolving within the club since it started. And this opportunity came up and now I essentially get to just go out and bring happiness to the community and make connections and give back. And it's sometimes I have to pinch myself, um, because it's a pretty amazing gig that day in day out, I get to think about how can we make a difference? How can we give back? Who can we, you know, lift up and what can we do out in the community to just continue to grow loyalty?
1: And, and you were, I mean, we loved you on the broadcast. We loved when you would stop by match day live. You know, it, it, it seems like such a natural thing for you in the broadcast booth. So, you know, this opportunity, I mean, you could have, you could have done that and who knows where a broadcasting career might go. And I know you're still going to get back into the booth, but, but to make that sort of switch here, I, I wonder, you know, what was it that sealed the deal that made you say, you know, th- this is what I really want to do Monday through Friday, not just on match day.
2: Uh, I think it's just, you know, honestly, doing the broadcast is well out of my comfort zone. I'm kind of a more quiet, like to fly under the radar, if not for the likes of Jack Cronin, making it so easy and making me sound good. Um, I don't know that it would have been as much fun or I would have been as comfortable as comfortable as I was. Um, but I do have actually, I've got the April 3rd game coming up and a handful of other ones. Uh, Sal and I are going to kind of tag team throughout the season. But the opportunity to just really grow within this club, a club that I've watched, like I said, from the start and just see, you know, I, every time Andrew talks, it just, it gives me the chills. He's so passionate about this organization, about the people. And so when you have someone like that and Ricardo come to you and say, Hey, we want you to do more. We want you to be more involved. What do you think of this opportunity? It just, uh, you know, it was kind of one of those moments of like, uh, heck yeah, you know, absolutely sign me up. I want to do it and just continue to you know, I've been so blessed with soccer throughout my career, especially being from San Diego. And so it's a natural step for me and a, a massive opportunity that they made it impossible to say no.
0: So this wasn't Jack's fault. We're not blaming Jack. <laughs> <laughs> we,
2: we won't tell Jack that. No, absolutely okay. not. What
0: do you think of Sal so far in the booth? He sounds like a natural already. He has some experience as well behind yeah. the mic. I think he sounds great so far.
2: Yeah, I think he's done a great job. You know, we had a production meeting before the first game and, you know, I asked him, you know, are you nervous? He's like, no, I got it. So that made me a little nervous for him that he wasn't nervous because I know how I had that pit in my stomach before every game. Cause you don't want to say something off during life. I mean, there's so much pressure and, He stepped into it seamlessly and he's done a great job, you know, and I think he even acknowledged that the second game he had more fun because it really is a lot of fun. And when you have the ability to have the connection with the players and be able to bring that insight, so he blood, sweat and tears with half of those guys. So he, if anyone's going to speak to the culture of that group and, you know, personalities and traits that they bring to the field, he's incredibly set up to succeed with that.
0: Yeah, those TV opens are no joke. Um, <laughs> we're talking about a player who's been here since the beginning. You've also been with the club since the beginning. So I think you have a pretty cool perspective. Uh, what do you think is the biggest difference between March 2020 and now as we roll into the 2022 season? What do you think the – where has the club grown the most in in those two-plus years, you think?
2: Um, a lot. I, you know, I think, you know, especially looking at, you know, we have our home opener um, year one. Then the pandemic hits, we go to playing with no one in the stands. So calling those games was hard because you're, you know, you don't have the energy of the crowd. We started opened up season last year and we were under, you know, guidelines of 50% this and that based on numbers. And now this is the first year that we've been able to just fully open the doors and say, here we are, here we go. And, it's been electric out there and it's been so exciting. And I think that helps the guys. It's definitely a 12th man environment when you have such an intimate group of fans that get the game. They're cheering when they should, they're booing when they need to. Um, and just the players that Landon's added over the couple of years, you know, it's been everything's been on an upward trend. And the commitment that Andrew has made, you know, this club is here to stay. We're here to continue to grow loyalty and empower the community and help everyone continue to fall in love with this beautiful game. So it's, it's exciting because it's, it seems like it's been 10 years, but it's actually all been crammed into just a few. Um, But it's just super exciting because it is a positive upward trend of great things to come as well.
1: And, and obviously this all would be anecdotal, but. Where have you, like, have you seen that? Have you noticed that around the county? You know, not just in terms of, you know, in the building, right? You, you we've seen the locals and now Chavo's the loyal. So we've seen supporters groups. We've yeah. seen growth in that department. We know community outreach, which we'll focus on with you as the vice president of community relations. But you're a San Diegan. I mean, I've I've noticed, you know, I've been stopped a time or two when I'm wearing <laughs> loyal shirts and people go, hey, man, I was That, that. And, and, you know, not because of my radio stuff, but because of, of what loyal is, I've seen some some stickers around town. I wonder, Shannon, for you as a as a you know, San Diegan, as somebody who grew up around these parts, you know, what sort of evidence you you've seen of the growth beyond inside of the boardrooms?
2: Yeah, and that's I think similar to you is just you know, it's from all the way down in Chula Vista, all the way up through Carlsbad, Oceanside. You know, we just had eighteen eighty six, and we went out and trained at Army Navy Academy, all the way up in Carlsbad. And one of the teachers came out to say hi and said that he and his fiance are season ticket holders. And that's someone from Carlsbad making the drive and the commitment and just the excitement, no matter where the team is, or if I have a logo crest on my chest, people stopping me or being like, hey, great game, or I've been there. You know, I live in Cardiff and I see stickers and magnets all the time up here or taking my son to school. I see kids walking with the giveaway t-shirt or just gear that they've bought from the shop. And it's exciting. Um, because it's, it's catching on and it's definitely growing and, you know, soccer fans are some of the craziest ones out there, but I think here in San Diego, we've got some of the best fans and to be able to see that, you know, at first it was just like, Oh yeah, there's a loyal sticker, but to see it so often. And now it's fun for my son to point out too, as we're driving down the five or whatever it is like, mom, look, there's a loyal fan. And it's, 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 but again, it just comes to the commitment that this organization has made to, this is more than the product on the field. This is really about creating the first true pathway for guys Um, to be able to come through Loyal Select and potentially sign a contract with the first professional team versus local players having to leave home at 14, 15 and younger to go try to find that professional pathway. So um, it's a lot of exciting stuff. And then you add in the fact that, you know, this leveled up notch of committing to the community as well. So it's, it's something that is, it's about growing that loyalty, cultivating that and putting roots in that people know we're loyal. The name's there for a reason. We're not going anywhere.
1: And we live in an immediate gratification society, right? But, but anybody who knows, knows that, that progress, growth, these things are measured in years, decades, oftentimes, mm-hmm. not week to week. So go into community relations. Th- this was a department that was, was pretty well-functioning. This was recognized. By the USL, this is uh, uh, this has been a really good group thus far that you're mm-hmm. jumping into. I I wonder, you know, from YMCA or YMCA partnerships and, and community relations, it's an interesting time to to jump in, given its its history of success, even in a short amount of time. So so where do we where do we look to growth in community relations uh, around San Diego County? Because you know, again, like this this was this has been a really good department up until this point.
2: Yeah, and I think um, in fairness, we were spread a little too thin. We were kind of focused on the quantity, say yes to everything, we'll be here, we'll do that, and um, now we're really kind of paring it down and trying to find true partners like Rady Children's, the YMCA, the Chicano Federation, Barrio Logan College Institute, and really finding a core partners that have align with our values and seeing how we can make it about the quality versus the quantity. And then on top of that, rolling into it, volunteer opportunities. Um, part of our 1886 initiative last week is we were out doing some trail maintenance at Agua Hedionda Lagoon. My, my forearms were sore all week from chopping hedges. Um, you know, we're going to be out painting graffiti that the city helped us um, find a location that needed some help and food distributions, all that, that type of stuff of just really making sure it, you know, this isn't just saying, oh, we want to give back to the community. It's rolling up our sleeves and making sure we're out there and proving it.
0: I do love seeing Loyal Gear just in public. I was at the Vista Farmers Market over the weekend, ran into someone wearing the exact same jacket I was wearing. We definitely spotted each other. I asked if he was going to be in 109 that night. He said yes. He knew exactly what I was talking about. I absolutely love that. I love seeing it grow in the community. How great does the Tory green look on the field?
2: It's it's amazing. I love it. It's you know, it was something that has been important from the get go. And, you know, we finally found a partner in Charlie that was able to deliver that. And it's just, you know, I'll tell you what, that first opening night, seeing the guys out there was just like, oh, it gave me the chills, just seeing how good those kits look and seeing how many just not even just at the games, but that are out in the community already. And Megan even said, you know, she's about ready to make another order because it's selling like crazy.
1: Yes. I, I, that has absolutely stood out to me as well. And, and not a statement about anybody else other than loyal, but I, we've, we've been around doing sports in this town for a while, you know, to see people wearing that so quickly, so soon, you could just tell how much of a hit and also, how personal people felt connected to that, to that moment, to the Charlie Kitts, to the Torrey Green as well. Not just waiting for giveaways, to, to Jordan's point, you know, because you see a lot of that <laughs> around town. But I, I was really blown away by by seeing that inside of the stadium as well. Shannon, I, I've got to ask, I've wondered this for, for two years since, you know, there was only a handful of us beyond the players who were allowed inside of Torero Stadium the first season after March 7th, 2020 after the match we always try to take people in through match day live and tell them what it was like mm-hmm. inside stuff that we heard that maybe didn't come through on the broadcast etc one of the things though that I, I used to see at the end of every match at home some of you guys you go up there with the coaches you know maybe there was a, a stone uh buena vesa hanging around <laughs> or two and i always wonder you know i didn't want to go over there it wasn't my space you know this was coaching staff this was shannon mcmillan and and you know you guys you were deep in conversation, and I've always wondered what what were you guys talking about? I'm sure it was the match that was just played, but what were those conversations like or with you and Landon and, and Nate and Matt and everybody else?
2: It was like, how do we get those pregame guys to be quiet, you know? <laughs> I mean, how do we educate them and give them some soccer knowledge? <laughs> <laughs> no, it was always just, you know... Kind of just trying to take the moment, you know, and I think that's where Landon's really good is it's not necessarily score based or the results. He wanted the guys to perform well. Um, So I think it was, you know, some of the stuff about how the team played, but also just how cheated we felt that we couldn't have the fans there and how hard it was to just be doing this behind closed doors and just the excitement of like, you know, especially having that teaser of the home opener being a sellout and the energy to nobody there. Um, So it was just more of like, one pinch me, this is our job. We're part of a professional soccer team in San Diego with the ownership that just truly believes in the team and what we're going to do for the community. And also, just being around these guys who, you know, the first team one, they're coming in to help build the culture and set the standard for what this club will be about moving forward. So, it was a lot of Emotions, highs and lows, especially with the results and that stuff all tied in. But for the most part, it was just, you know, we felt so fortunate that to have this opportunity. I mean, it's soccer. It's a beautiful game and we get to call it our job.
1: Was your uh, analysis uh, in those moments identical to the uh, analysis that we might have listened to on the broadcast?
2: Not always, but I will say I had the luxury of being up higher and having a better view than you are when they are they're down on on the field level. But then it always made me nervous too because it meant more people were watching because it was closed stadium and hoping that landon, you know, I don't say anything bad enough that he I hope he mutes me when he if when and if he rewatched him.
1: <laughs> we always, you know, hear it's it's a, a bit lazy at times, you know, in in sports broadcasting. Comparisons are often made. Sometimes, you know, race, gender, what have you. Um Is there a player, you know, for those that, that, you know, maybe didn't see you play, didn't see your career, your outstanding career, or as a gold medalist, is there a player on loyal who you would say, reminds you of, of you yourself as a
2: player? Oh man, that's a tough one. I wish I had more time to think about that one. Um,
1: Current or or previous.
2: Yeah. I would have to say, I see glimpses of myself out there. You know um, I went from being up top. I wasn't, necessarily a big player. So I struggled with back to goal, but I always love to get in behind. So I love when we send those wingers, you know, I, um, Jack Metcalf, especially pushing forward, flying forward the way Elijah Martin's grown into that position. Um, and was hesitant to fly forward now, and now he's getting in and with assists and cross. Um, but I was that player that loved seeing space behind someone, so that's probably one of my things that drives me crazy when I am in the booth or watching. If someone's faced up one v one and they pass, I'm like, no, take them on, beat them, meg them, and get in and cross it. Um, so it was always looking for that space and the we, nutmegs, of course. I think we, you know about that a little yeah, bit, Darren.
1: We just we we couldn't get through uh, 15 minutes without. <laughs> The reminder of the you, you set that up with moments. the
2: softball. <laughs>
1: <laughs> well, I mean, I know that you know people are are often they gravitate towards comparisons of you know Shannon, yeah. who on the U.S. women's team, but like I you know I wonder if you see some of your skill, your ability, you know the the way you played uh, out there on the on the pitch night after night.
2: Yeah. And it's, you know, I think the games evolved too. I came from the generation of, you know what you, you'll pass out before you die. So run until you can't. Um, and now, you know, and it was more just the mentality of I'm going to work harder than you and I'm going to run faster than you and that type of thing. So that's where I thrive in that. And now the game's become a lot more technical and you have the guidos out there that can dance on the ball and make magic. The Colin Martins, you're just so calm and set play like that. So um, I, I always have I appreciate that and the beauty of it, but I do have that special affection for those that just love to see the space and fly down that plank.
1: Can we all just the three of us just give one quick word association here. Uh, Since you mentioned Alejandro Guido, his shorts
2: (laughs) Quads for days. (laughs) Jordan, what do you think?
1: Glorious, glorious Shannon. What did you say? Mm -hmm. Cavs for days, quads for days, quads for days. Yeah. I know. My wife was like, man, if I had, if I had legs like that, I'd wear short shorts too. Yeah. Yeah. Uh,
2: <laughs> what's your,
1: what's your word? Um, I just suave. It. it. He's very suave. It just looks, <laughs> it looks good. I don't he know if he's like, got shorts. Does he have special shorts or does he tuck them into his sliders?
2: He's tucking them in. Mm.
1: Well, that's something for Charlie to work on.
2: Yeah, exactly. <laughs>
0: My final question, Shannon, which newcomer has really, maybe not surprised you, but who are you happy to see? Which new player do you think is fitting in quite well so far?
2: Uh, I think they're all fitting in really well. I think, you know, we've seen in just two games, um, you know, Kyle Adams gets to start this second game and his man of the match scores a goal. Um, but what I, I love just obviously being an offensive minded person is I've had the ability to watch Kyle Vassell in training. And he's just a beast and he's always looking to get in behind and make a difference. And if he's not going to get the ball, he's at least going to be in your face and not let you be comfortable trying to get it. Um, but I love, he just has that natural nose for the goal and he's a type where, I mean, and he can hit the snot out of the ball. I mean, it's going to, if, a keeper tries, if he really gets a hold of one and a keeper tries, you're going to see it just like bounce off of them. Um, but once he finds the back of that net, it will come in buckets for him. And I know it's coming. He's on the verge. He almost had one the other night. Um, but I just love that he's always pressing to get in behind.
1: Yeah, it does. It feels like the floodgates will open for him as well. Uh, medal, a gold medalist, uh, World Cup winner, vice president of community relations all around. One of the best people we've met here through the San Diego Loyal Experience. Shannon McMillan, thank you so much.
2: Thanks for having me, guys. Hi, I'm Cassie Clapp, the Community Relations Manager, growing loyalty here in San Diego. Thank you so much for listening to the Always Loyal Podcast.
0: Let's take a look at the Western Conference standings presented by the Bright App, the world's leading platform for personal training available on the App Store and Google Play.
1: Jordan, I love it. I'm going to screenshot it on my phone. I'm going to save it in my photos here. San Diego Loyal, two wins, zero losses, no draws. Six points sitting on top of the Western Conference standings at the time of this recording as they get set to head into Tulsa and into Phoenix. New Mexico, United, Colorado Springs, the Switchbacks Football Club, they also 2-0. San Antonio, we remember them from the postseason. Those are the four clubs in the Western Conference standings that have started the season with six out of six points. Four teams in the West, seven total overall. Currently, through the first couple of weeks, San Diego, New Mexico, Colorado Springs, San Antonio, Orange County, Las Vegas, Las Vegas and Sacramento would be in the postseason today. It's ridiculous, but that's where the line is drawn. Don't blame me. Those are the way the standings look here today.
0: Darren, what happened to Phoenix? Phoenix anyway. More like Phoenix dropping. Anyway.
1: Was um, that the okay. dad joke? You're supposed to tell that joke, not me.
0: Oakland, no points. That's kind of, that's a playoff team from last year. It's a slow start for Oakland. I'm surprised about that. Los dos, not a surprise because they had to take on San Diego, Sacramento. They have their three points, but not against San Diego.
1: It's a long season. (laughs) It is a good start. I mean, I, again, I understand that you don't have to have a good start to find yourself in the postseason to go ahead and make a run. We lived that. We went through that in 2021, but it's much better than the alternative. It is much better than the alternatives. We know, over the stretch of 34 regular season matches, there will be peaks, there will be valleys. So you, you enjoy it and take it and then sprinkle in a little bit of U.S. Open Cup, which has already started, which we look forward to coming up in April. And you get some of the performances, as we talked about with Shannon Mack in the previous segment, Jordan. I'll, I'll take another since we focused on some of the new players. And I think this, this really matters. I think that this is really important because I know it matters to this player. Alejandro Guido, this point not lost on me. He has played all 90 minutes, both matches. I don't know that he's played 90 minutes in two matches in the two plus seasons prior. So to start the season, 90 against Los Dos, 90 against Sac Republic, to me, feels very significant for Alejandro. I know that that was something that he really, really wanted to do. Mm -hmm. And now he's done it twice here to start the season.
0: Yeah. I don't know if people realize that if you go back and look at the numbers from last season, Guido played more matches last year than any other year in his career. And it's not even close. So to see him start this way, I think is really, really important. Am I going to regret asking what happened to Phoenix the week (laughs) that we play Phoenix? Maybe the timing isn't great there. Maybe the timing isn't great there, but Hey, what can you do?
1: Well, I think we've been around this league long enough to know when you see a result, Phoenix doesn't have to play a
0: midweek match, by the way.
1: When you see a good point, when you see a result, especially to host, when you see a result yeah, where Las Vegas that? lights takes down Phoenix, you sort of stand and go, "Whoa, what happened there? You know, you're, you're sort of trained to think what happened there. There, there must be something. What did, did somebody get red carded? Was Phoenix a man down? What's, what's the story? So in, in a way that's probably to your point, you know, something that you, you look forward to and think about upcoming this weekend Maybe they're, you know, they're going to think, okay, let's, let's make sure these guys, these noisemakers out there from San Diego, these guys do nothing but flap their gums. Their manager's always talking about how much they know how to, to beat us. They got the secret sauce for us. So, and we just are coming off losing to Vegas. Well, unless I've missed something with Vegas, I, I, I think that that one and you look and go that, that one surprises me. So nice to see it. We'll enjoy it while we can.
0: Admittedly, I have seen zero minutes of Phoenix rising football this season but I will say it's notable that they've allowed four goals through two matches. They started against Monterey Bay and then took on Las Vegas. It's not exactly like Louisville and Tampa Bay to start, you know? So mm-hmm. we'll and, see. Uh, this will be their biggest test yet this weekend against San Diego.
1: And they do bring back Santi Moar, but they did lose Solomon Asante who is a former league MVP so, you know, they've had a lot of these kind of, you know, a junior Fleming's a Solomon Asante. I know we, we are used to Phoenix just bringing the players through, right? It's the factory of goal scorers here. They've had golden boot winners before, but that might be a little, a little bit of an adjustment, right? Sometimes not who you play when you play them. So, you know, let's, let's see how that goes upcoming this weekend. Of course, like you said, three matches in a week, doesn't sound like Grant Stolman going to be there. If you listen to this before the Tulsa match, loyal actually having to go out and sign another defender, but Landon seemed to suggest this week that it, it, sh- it didn't hopefully appear to be too serious. We might see Grant as soon as this weekend.
2: Hmm.
0: Yeah, that's the tricky thing. This podcast coming out on a Wednesday, we're recording obviously before that. So the Tulsa match has not been played yet. Phoenix coming up this weekend, play host to El Paso on April 3rd. And a couple days later, it's your first ever Open Cup game, hmm. which is, I cannot wait for April 6th. That's going to be so fun but this is when the the schedule we kind of referenced it in episode 6 with Landon Donovan that the schedule it, it gets difficult and i think the most difficult part the most difficult stretch of the entire season is the stretch that's about to start at Tulsa at Phoenix two road games which that's a very difficult week you get el paso also a really good team a team that finished first in their division then you get a midweek open cup game and then you get difficult opponents. Louisville's on the schedule. Oakland, I know they're off to a slow start, but they're due. And then you get Tampa Bay next month, too. So it gets really difficult. I think the to go back to how we kind of started this, Darren, the start to the season is pretty important because you just know what's coming up. So if you if you dug yourself a hole early on, it was going to be pretty difficult to dig yourself out. So I'm glad that they're still standing
1: ground level. I think what we're trying to say, Jordan, to wrap up this This episode of the Always Loyal Podcast, winning is better than losing.
0: I like winning. Winning is fun.
1: You know, and even a little early season adversity, even through six out of six to start with Stoneman out and Boxall representing New Zealand, World Cup qualifying. Of course, it has to be the same position, right? Where you lose an important player like Stoneman. And of course, you're a little thin at center back because you have a player who's part of World Cup qualifying for New Zealand. So hey, that's why Camden Riley's performance, I thought, was really, really important. And we'll learn a little bit about Taylor Krull, who signed with Loyal this week as well.
0: Undefeated in Tory Green. I
1: like that stat. What do you you think know, I'm a stats that? guy. That's a good stat.
0: I've also, this is not, I don't know if I should say it's not uncommon, but I've heard a few people say their actual, like the favorite kit for this year. I've heard several people say it's the away kit. Clearly Tory green is very popular and sales and Torero stadium represent that. But I've heard several people tell me that they really, really love that away kit. They love the white kit. They love how the, the city pops and this is going to be our first, uh, first opportunity. Hopefully the good times keep rolling with those, but undefeated in Torrey green to start. Will the streak ever end? I don't know.
1: Hmm. Again, uh, it's, I know. it's a, uh, you're we're stats guys. So we're just, we're dropping stats here on the Always Loyal podcast.
0: Watch party coming up this weekend at Bluefoot Bar and Lounge in North Park. You and I know this place very, very well. Favorite drink at Bluefoot, go.
1: Modelo Especial, kicker of tequila. Wow. I'll take a bloody there.
0: Uh, Join the official watch party and cheer on SD Loyal Saturday, March 26th at 7.30 p.m. San Diego Loyal taking on Phoenix Rising FC. We'll see if Phoenix Mm -hmm. continues to allow Goal after goal after goal. Hey, if you wear SD Loyal Gear, you can uh, you get one dollar off all drinks. Oh, I, I just that. saw that at the end. I cannot forget that line. That's an important line. Wear SD and, Loyal Gear. Money. And off
1: we we've hosted those watch parties there, and people show up in loyal gear. So people know a great deal when they hear it.
0: Yeah, a lot of good food options around there too. All right, Darren. Talk to you next week. Peace.